Well, praise the Lord. God is good. Well, as we have been uh, announcing for a couple of weeks, we have a special guest minister here today. And uh, Trevor and Shanta Johns come all the way from outside of Nashville, Tennessee, I think, right? That, is it, is it old, old Hickory? Old Hickory. Everyone say Old Hickory. But you have to say it with a southern accent. Old Hickory. Old Hickory. Y'all. <laughs> and um, special greetings to my mom, who is from Memphis, Tennessee, living in New York, but she's originally from Memphis. I called her in between services. She said to say hello to her southern brother. <laughs> but um, as far as introduction, I'm going to ask Rich uh, Perrin to come up here. Uh, Rich and Pam are involved with Gideon's as well. Uh, Rich is the president of the uh, Southern New England Association of the Gideons. Pam is the uh, secretary and treasurer of the Gideons in this area. Uh, Pam is the chief financial officer at North Point Bible College. Rich is the uh, director of human resources at North Point. So since you're a Gideon, you have the honors of introducing a fellow Gideon. (laughs) It is indeed my pleasure to introduce to you our guest speaker today, Um, Trevor Johns originally hails actually from Arkansas, Glenwood, Arkansas. Uh, He and his wife have a daughter and a son and five granddaughters. uh, Trevor accepted an invitation that he had. He became aware of the Guinean ministry from his former coach, high school coach, if I recall correctly. And, And he accepted the challenge of the... Uh, the missionary challenge of the Gideons International. And the Gideons, if, if you're not familiar, we are a business and, and we're Christian business and professional men who have one purpose, and, and that is to seek the, to win the loss for Jesus Christ. So we, we do this as a men's association in conjunction with our wives, so it, which is pretty neat because we get to serve together. Um, he joined the Gideons locally in Arkansas, and he felt the tug of the Spirit, sending him, bringing him up to Nashville. And he's been to Na- in Nashville for 21 years. And I'm glad to, to, to share Tr- Trevor with you. He's the manager of the National Associations, which is really long and, and so forth. But what I'm going to share is I first heard him speak about four years ago, and I've been wanting, I felt the Spirit bringing, calling me to have him come here. And I was not disappointed this weekend. And I know that you will not be disappointed. Thank you, Brother Rich. Thank you, New Life. Wow, what a, what a joy to be with you this morning. And I, I have been praying uh, for some time to, to join you. And, and I, I may have, have had a little look online, right, before I came to, to check out Pastor Rick. And yeah, way to go. And yeah, yeah. And, and man, the young man that prayed this morning. We can say amen and go home, right? What a message. It's powerful. Isn't God good? Isn't God good? And really, it is a thrill for me today. Certainly, uh, I I echo what Brother Rich said as a a Christian business and professional men's uh, ministry around the world. But simply put, we're men of the church. God's plan A for the redemption of mankind through Jesus is the church. You're God's plan A. And God does not have a plan B. We're just part of that plan A, and it's, it's, I love to get to come and brag on God and, and share what he's doing around the world. If you'd like to find your place in Scripture, uh, we'll go to Matthew chapter 9. I want to just read two verses there, verse 36 and 37. And as you're turning there, 
I, I want to share something that I totally forgot earlier, but we're very excited about as the church. It's so cool today to see the church come and minister. It's not cool to see what's happening in Ukraine, but the church is ministering in a huge way. The Gideons coming alongside not only in Ukraine, but the church in Russia, the Gideons in Russia, and just the world working in Poland and all those surrounding areas as ministry goes out and and hurting people. Hopeless people receive the hope of the gospel. So God has positioned us there to, as the, the food and the things are being taken care of that we're providing, the scriptures, the, the holy scriptures going out. And you know, there's, there's two things eternal, right? The word of God and the soul of man. We need to take care of the physical things, but isn't it wonderful that God has, has commanded us and provided a way that we could provide that spiritual need, the hunger for everlasting salvation. So here's a an email that was received actually this week. I received the following encouragement from Sergey and Olona from from Belia. Boy, my southern pronunciation is not going to help you here, let me tell you. But it's a Ukrainian city about two hours drive from Kiev. We stayed in our house and took in our friends and family from Kiev. We are now 22 persons. Nine of them are children. Although there's also bombings near our town and missiles are falling, God has protected us and our house so far. God is doing great things and people are led to a living faith. Five people from our neighborhood as well as my sister have come to faith in the Lord. Every evening we hold prayer meeting in our basement. Every time there are people attending who are non-believers from far from Christian faith, they read faith, they read the Bibles we gave them. One of them said to us, he reads his Bible all the time, even takes it to bed with him. Pray, pray for the Gideons in Ukraine and Russia to be strong and courageous, right? To do the work of an evangelist that the scripture has called us to do. As Sergey writes here, the Lord is doing a marvelous work, even in these dark times, that we consider unspeakable blessing to be a part of his work. Thank you for praying for the world, and we pray for the outreach of these brothers and sisters that are doing the work of an evangelist in this area. In Matthew chapter 9, verse 36, let me read the words of the Bible here. And he saw the, and when he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then Jesus said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers. As Jesus looks on the crowd today, as Jesus looked on our, looks on our neighbors and our family and our friend that are harassed and helpless, he has a plan and he is sending out. I think a mighty harvest is happening in our world today. In fact, I believe that you and I live in the most exciting time in the history of mankind with the technology, with the, and, and just the simple population. There's more people alive on planet earth today than at any other time. And, and we're, we're running the race. We have the baton in our hands and have the opportunity to share Christ in, in ways as we even live stream and we join the individuals that are joining us in the technology that's enabling this to happen today. It's marvelous. And God is using it, I believe, in a powerful way. And you believe that as well. Acts 1 and 8 commands you and I. It's a commandment that we have received that we would be his witnesses. 
in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, in the uttermost parts of the world, in Massachusetts, in Nashville, around the world, we get to be ambassadors for Christ just to simply share light in a dark world. And that's the privilege that we have. So today, in the brief time that I have, what I want to do is just kind of take you around the world, introduce you to some of the people I've met, and, and really showcase, if I may, brag on God and just share you share with you what God has doing. And I, I directed by your map over here this morning, and really I think the, the Lord put it on my heart as I was reading and praying for this, but there's a little island of Rodriguez Next to Mozambique, and then Mauritius is 1.3 million. Rodriguez is a little tiny island in the middle of the Indian Ocean, some 40,000 people. Nolette was there, a Catholic, a school teacher, and she had a pretty good job and things were going good, but her and her young husband, John Paul, and her decided to start a business. So they had two hotel rooms when she stopped teaching and uh, began the business, and they had some financial challenges, right? Had a young family and things were not going. But one day she received some visitors that were the Gideons and they asked her for permission to place the Bibles in the rooms. And of course, she'd never seen a Bible. She'd never held a Bible. So she asked some questions and I suppose they answered the questions to her satisfaction. So she thought, this is a good thing for a hotel. We'll put the Bibles in the room. As life continued, and we know sometimes life can be a little challenging. But Nolette would find herself as she cleaned those rooms to open up God's word. And she just began a a habit of reading God's word and and recognized she couldn't identify, but something was happening. Something was changing in her life. So one day she got up on a Sunday morning and she decided to go to one of those Christian churches. But she drove to the other side of the island hoping no one would recognize her. And as she did, and she walked in just as we walked in new life today. And she sensed the spirit of the Lord God and that church family and that church. They they discipled her. She became a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. She had no idea how she was going to explain this to John Paul. So she didn't. She just went home and and he began to see a difference in her and finally asked her. And so she went into the room, picked up one of the Bibles and she said, this is what happened to me when I stayed there in uh, Rodriguez Island with John Paul and his wife, they are up to 20 rooms. They're believers. They're, they're Gideons and auxiliary. And I can promise you there's a, there's a nice Bible displayed in every room. God changes the hearts of people as his word, as his Holy Spirit is there. Every time someone opens up the word of God, God's presence is there. Isn't it wonderful? Uh, Samuel was uh, a Hindu priest. When his daughter come running home from school one day, she had received one of the testaments that we're privileged to give literally around the world. And she was so excited about that. Papa, Papa, look what I have. Let me see. And he recognized that as he took it from his daughter, that it was a Christian book. He chastised her, her to throw it away, that it was rubbish. He, she needed nothing to do with that. This coming from a man that his first activity every day would be to walk outside look up in the sky and worship the sun. Had one room in his home that contained more than 350 gods, these man-made idols and images that he would bow and give sacrifice to, that he would worship, but yet he was afraid of this. So several months later, he was looking for some possessions there in his home, and uh, he discovered that his daughter that always obeyed him had obviously disobeyed him because there it was. 
And as he reached in anger, it fell on the counter and it opened up. And he could tell by the underlined pages, perhaps the dog ear, but not only had she uh, disobeyed him, but she had been reading this book. So he made a decision to diffuse what his daughter had been reading. He would need to read it himself. (laughs) And you know what happened. He read about the same Jesus that gave his life for me and for you. And he said he, again, just felt himself attracted to this book. And his, he felt his life beginning to change. And he, he just couldn't understand what was happening. So he contacted the only Christian that he knew, a pastor. And that pastor explained the gospel to Samuel. And Samuel became a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, joined the church, discipled, and began to grow. And one by one, his family came to Christ as well. His wife, his son, his daughter, his mother, his father, individuals around him. You see, when, when the Lord changes our hearts, it not only our tomorrow's changed, but our today is changed. Amen? Everything around him began to change when I worked with Samuel Duke, he's, he's a Gideon today, serving in Caracas, Venezuela. And only our God, I believe, can change that heart. Right from a Hindu priest to a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, to an evangelist in his nation, going into the schools and the hospitals and the prisons and the, the military, all the areas. If you know anything about what's happening in Venezuela today, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a sad situation. The most oil-rich uh, nation in South America, and yet the depravity of man that has taken in that place is is gut-wrenching. So we pray for Samuel, for individuals that are there as they serve the Lord so faithfully, the church there in in Venezuela that's that's reaching out even where the, with the lack of food and giving the kilo of love programs and the Gideons coming along beside and there's there's so much going on as people are hurting, but they're reaching for the the help of the Savior of the Lord Jesus Christ. Go with me to um, Kumasi, Ghana, West Africa, little village. Um, We were there, the Gideons. We have what we call a a scripture blitz. And essentially, it's it's an intensive effort. It's a mission effort that we take uh, a lot of scriptures. And we go in with the local Gideons into the schools, the hotels, the hospitals. And just by the hundreds and thousands because of the students and the population, the doors that God has opened us. So open to us. So we had the privilege of doing this. I did with the team for about two weeks. And I I don't have the vocabulary to describe what that's like. As you drive up to a school and a little boy beats the drum. Imagine those children that are standing here just a moment ago. And those children come rushing out and you're looking into their faces and there's, there's no electricity in their schools. There's no computers. There's certainly no the niceties that we would have. Most of the time, there's no textbooks. And so you're the one and you get to go and, and, and give God's word to those precious students to, to share with them that for God so loved the world that he in the back of these testaments is what we call the Roman road. For God, John three sixteen, we know that, right? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life 
in Christ. And for everyone that calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Try to imagine doing that with students and thousands and thousands over time. So Friday, the last day there, we're using, uh, we're, we're trying to mop up, make sure that we didn't miss any of these little schools. There's no address system. And so we're kind of, I think, using what I call the Africa GPS. And we're driving along the road where there's not a lot of automobiles. We were in a nice automobile, thankfully, with myself and one other and the scriptures. And we're passing animals and bicycles and, and scooters and just masses of people. So we're just looking and uh, out of my left peripheral vision, we drove up on this uh, a very ornate, very beautiful, very, very structured uh, Muslim mosque. And because of the open air situation in that climate, I could see inside and I could see the men and they're, they're on the prayer mats and they're chanting to Allah. It's, it's their prayer day. It's uh, Jomay for them. So as we drive by that, next to that mosque is, is a very small and in contrast, even there, a very run-down school. And I told the driver, there's the school, let's go. He said, that's a Muslim school. I said, I understand that, but I believe God's word is for everyone. Let's go, let's pray, let's ask. So I want you to imagine now, driving up to that school, <laughs> there's no other cars, right? It's, it, it draws a little attention. There's an abruni, there's a white man, there's a little bit of an atten- attention there. But we prayed in Jesus' name, and sure enough, as we stopped praying, a man approached. He was a headmaster of the school, very tall man, turban on his head, and I walked out and smiled at him and uh, said, we're here representing churches in America and around the world, and we have a free copy of God's Word for your students and teachers. And there was some silence, and he said, we're Muslim. I said, I understand that. I believe God's Word is for everyone then. And I just looked at him. He looked at me. I looked at him, he looked at me, and, I, and it seemed like a very long time, but I was silent, but believe me, I'm praying, Jesus, open this door. I could see the children. He said, okay, you can distribute your book. And I want you to imagine, now, a little boy beats the drum, and you're the one standing in that hot African sun, and there's 169 students those little faces that we had here just a moment ago. And you're looking into the eyes of a nation and you understand that they probably never heard the name of Jesus. Lord, you, you just performed a miracle. They, they have your word. So giving them your word and the excitement of the students and they settle down, they're smelling them and, and you begin to share. John 3.16, forgot the scriptures I shared just a moment ago. And as I was sharing John 3.16, I could see the headmaster walking toward me. And by this time, I'm praying, Lord, trip him, make him fall down, keep him away. I say that was the spirit of Trevor, not the Holy Spirit, but I want to share. God, allow me to share. Allow me to plant a seed of the gospel. Lord, you've performed this. And so he said, uh, it's hot out here. Why don't you go in the classroom? They can hear you a little better. And so the students and the teachers, and we're in the classroom, share the gospel message with these students, beautiful students. I can close my eyes and see those students today. And as I, I felt the Lord would have me to share the scriptures that we I shared a moment ago, but also to invite those that would love to receive Christ in their heart. It, not because I was there, not because they're teachers or they're friends, but if they felt the Lord knocking on their heart and they would like to invite Christ into their heart that day. And again, I can see the raised hands church as I close my eyes in that classroom. 
I, I don't know their heart. Only God knows the hearts and the decisions that were made that day. But I believe with all of my heart that I'm going to see those little boys in eternity one day. And I believe that that message is going to go to their families and and the hopeless and hurting in that area. As we left that school with my feet not touching the ground, another a tap on the shoulder came. And it was a teacher in the school that said, God bless you. And I like to say, well, I thought that was very fast, right? From just sharing the gospel to God bless you. She explained, though, that she was a Christian and that God had called her to teach in that school. And she really just didn't understand that. She was just doing it out of obedience. But now she understood and she would make sure to teach the children the gospel. Amen. Wherever we go. God's already been. God has a plan. We read in God's word in, in Jeremiah 29, 11. He has a plan for your life. Right? We, we know that. For I know the plans that I have for you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end as we go out in this place. Today, you're going to have baptism. Wow, Pastor Rick. You get to celebrate that. That obedience and walking in faith. You... Oh, Monday morning, most likely, like me, you're going to return to your your homes, your your schools, your workplaces, your family. You're God's plan A. God's plan A for the redemption of mankind is through the church. You're the church. You're the best advertisement God has. If you forget everything Trevor says today, remember that. And be challenged and be bold as you pray and go and share the good news that his house, this house, will be filled. Because I believe we're going to see that. And you do too as we look forward. Uh, one more place and I'll, I'll stop, okay? Panama. We've got to go someplace warm, right? We're in Massachusetts. Let's go someplace warm. Let's end up there. Panama. Did I, did I go to Fidel already? I think I did. No. First service, let me, t- let me tell you about my friend Fidel. Fidel was a bitter alcoholic. His family was, uh, he was abusive. His family was afraid of him. He, was a, he worked for the National Police in Panama. One day as he rode the bus to go to the report for duty, he stepped off the bus there at the police station in Cologne, and there were some men standing there, and they were Gideons. They were giving out scriptures to the jails, uh, the prisoners there, but also to the policemen. So, Fidel really didn't want one, but but he received it, decided he would discard of it later. So he just simply put it in his pocket and went about his day. That day afterwards, as he was riding home, he, with nothing else to do, he pulled that out of his pocket and he began to read. Now, as he stepped off the bus and he put it in his pocket, he continued his daily habit of going to buy alcohol. And by the time he would get home, he would be abusive, drunk to his family. And that was who he was before Christ. Every day, although on the bus, he, was, he would be reading God's word. One day as he got home, he stepped off the bus to go buy alcohol. He heard beautiful music, like the music that we have in this place this morning. And he went to see what it was. And it was a gospel crusade. And he heard the gospel preached for the very first time. But he was, he was embarrassed. He was afraid someone would recognize him. So he ran away. But the next day, uh, sitting on the bus, he was reading the scripture and a man came and sat down beside him and said, Oh, you're a Christian. He said, No, I'm, I'm not a Christian. 
you're, you're reading a Bible. I saw you at the crusade yesterday. They begin a conversation, and that conversation led to Fidel becoming a new creation in the Lord Jesus Christ. His family... One by one, he was discipled and grew in that church. And, and my friend Fidel, he's, who's with the Lord now, he was the camp president as a Christian business and professional man in that area of the camp uh, in, in Cologne, Panama Church. God bless you. Thank you for the open door, Pastor Rick and Pamela. Thank you just for allowing Shanta and I just to step in and feel at home in this place. You're, you're, you're a precious people. I love you. God bless you. Stay strong. The Lord is using you beyond what you could think, ask, or imagine. Go and be a witness. Amen. Thank you, Brother Trevor. We appreciate your words so much in your ministry. Uh, we have a few minutes, and um, I want to close out by praying for the couple. But before we do it, uh, unplanned, uh, we, have, we have someone here that I wanted to call up here to share a, a brief testimony, and that would be Doug Gregan. Uh, Doug is uh, involved with New Brothers Fellowship. And the reason I, th- I think the Lord dropped it in my heart was because he would know the power of the Word of God to reach people in prisons. And so the Gideons are going, I, you're probably going into prisons too. But I, Doug, would you mind just for a couple of minutes just share your heart? I know it's, uh, you, could, you could tell me off later or whatever, but... Um, <laughs> I think it's a, I, I want to give you an opportunity because a lot of people don't know what you do. And this is a full-time commitment that, uh, that our brother and, and his wife are involved with. Yeah, that was spontaneous. <laughs> Very spontaneous. But you never pass up a, a good spontaneous moment. So, uh, yeah, God bless you. Uh, we're, uh, I guess I, I want to first share... My wife, Caroline, Doug and Caroline, Greg, and most of you, you know, most of you, I think, uh, know who we are. At least you've seen us. But uh, I want to share with you that God has given us a renewed commitment to new life. And we're really excited about that. Because we're living in a day and an hour, as our brother said, the church is going to rise up. And the power of God is going to be manifest in this lost and dark world. And people are going to get saved. And people are going to get healed, and they're going to get delivered. And the Word of God, which is quick and powerful, is going to go down into places where it needs to go. Because we have a world that's put up all these walls and barriers, and even we ourselves, amen, we put up all kinds of walls and barriers, but that Word is quick and powerful, able to go down into the places we need it to go. So I, that's, uh, there you go, that's my heart. <laughs> um, as a prison minister and as a, 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 a missionary to prisons, um, obviously we, you know, we preach the bring the, I bring the gospel everywhere I go, um, and the word of God uh, is what prepares the way. Right, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. And uh, I want to share today where we're pretty. I mean, this is a pretty interesting little setup here. But I have a, a brother in the Lord here, Joe, and and his fiance Leda. They're here. I know Joe. So I know Joe probably for coming up on 12 years now. Um, and he got saved in the little chapel behind uh, the, uh, the Lawrence Correctional Alternative Center and received Christ there. Or was it in Middleton? Was it in Middleton? Or Okay. Or oh, no, it was in Middleton. 
the power of God to save. Um, the, the gospel of Jesus Christ is the power of God to save. And so I don't have, uh, I don't have, you know, I, I could go on and we could, I could go on and on with wonderful stories about salvation. Just this past week, uh, I met, we met a man, a brother and I who go, I, I serve part time as the Protestant chaplain in the Billerica House of Corrections right now, right? So I'm doing three days in the Billerica House of Corrections. Last week, I walked onto a unit and, uh, we were scheduled to do a service there and there was no one had signed up. So I asked the CEO, I said, well, can I just hang out, right, and you know, let people see me and see if anyone comes? And so last week, just to give you an idea of what God is doing by prayer, as you pray, as we pray, um, I was just standing out next to the little, they call it the bubble, right, where the CEO hangs out. If you've been to jail, you know what I'm talking about. And so I'm hanging out by the bubble, and this guy walks by, and he, he, he's doing his laps. He walks by once, and he looks at me, and he keeps going. And then he came by again, and he looked at me, and he slowed down. He said, uh, who are you? I said, I'm the Protestant chaplain. He said, you're, Chris, you're Christian? He said, i I, I got to talk to you. And so uh, I said, well, come on, because we're doing the Bible study. So it was just three of us, my, myself and my brother Julius. And uh, this man came in, and he said, i got to tell you what God did. And he began to recount to me a supernatural experience that this man had for it lasted about four days and i'm just telling you it was god it was the power of god at work in this man to bring him to a conviction of sin he said i'm one of the i'm in in this jail i was until this happened the the leader of the biggest gang in this jail right in other words by number if you were to measure by number the largest gang in that jail he says i was the leader of it and i don't know what happened but god just smacked me, all right? He just began to, I had this supernatural encounter with God. It lasted for four days. I don't even, I don't even remember where I was or how it went down, but uh, this, this supernatural experience where God began to show me my sin, and he began to show me who I was, and this revelation of sin that just, uh, just broke this man, a revelation of sin and hell and judgment. And this doesn't, you know, God doesn't minister salvation to all of us that way, right? But for this man, I'm just telling you, God met this man where he was, and he came away completely changed. So he comes out, they, he goes to mental health, then he goes to segregation. He comes out of segregation a born-again man. And, and, I mean, he just met Jesus supernaturally. And then he began to read the Word. And he said, I, I've, I've tried to read the Bible before, but now I understand it. He said, everything I'm reading, the Holy Spirit has shown me what is crazy. So, yeah, praise God, man. So that's the power of the Word of God, and that's the, the, the privilege of, of doing, of stepping out in faith, right? Stepping out, I can't tell you how many times, there have been times at the Lawrence facility where I just stood in an empty room and I began to preach. Didn't happen very often, but I just began to preach because I had a message. And I would begin to speak, and suddenly men would begin to come into the room. You just got to step out. We got to step out in, fa- in faith, saints. Amen? Amen. So I want you to make sure you greet Joe and Leda and uh, know that uh, this, there's a powerful t- uh, salvation testimony here. God is doing a great work in Joe, and I, I pray that you embrace him and, and welcome him, and I hope that we'll see him again and Leda again as time goes by. Thanks for letting me share. Amen.
I want to ask you if, if you could put on the screen uh, 2 Corinthians 5.17. I just want to leave this one scripture with everyone. Why don't we stand together? So the word of God is, is sharper than any two-edged sword. It's powerful. It cuts through spirit and body, soul. It penetrates our, our being. I want to leave you with this one scripture. It's one of my favorites. Uh, NIV, that's okay. <laughs> well, if you've been here, you know we haven't this. There you go, King James. If anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. This is the word of God. This isn't what somebody said. This is God's word. If anyone is in Christ, they're a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold. And that word behold is a special word. You know how I feel about that word behold. It's like, ah, whoa, let me get this, you know. But, you know, all things have become new. And uh, so as we're new creations in Christ, that means we're in the right position that when we pass from this life, we go to eternal life with the Lord. We're in a different position. And as we're living on earth, we're in a different position to be blessed by the Lord in a special way. That he would give us abundant life is what it says. So during the worship time, we had some divine moments, if you remember. And uh, the altar call was given. And several raised their hands for various things, either recommitment or salvation. But I want to I give you an opportunity uh, those of you that raised your hand or responded in some way, to, to make a public um, position of your, of your new position in Christ. And why do I say that? Because I know how people cringe when we pastors say things like that. But if you think in the Bible... There's many stories of, of, in the Gospels in particular. When Jesus would, like he said, who touched me? Oh, the woman with the issue of, oh, he wanted to know who it was. Zacchaeus, come on out of the tree. I want to I have dinner with you today. Like he was always looking for the one person to identify themselves. He said, uh, the Son of Man has come to seek and to save those that are lost. So he's looking. And somewhere along the line, whether it's today or down the, road, down the road, I'll guarantee you, if you haven't done this publicly in a church or in some place, the time will come when you will feel that, that impression on your heart to step out and say, I belong to Jesus now. It'll do you good. And I have been there, church. I have been there. Believe me when I tell you. I've been there for that. I've also been there when the pastor would say, anyone want to make things right with God today? And I was, in a, I was a, an assistant pastor at the time. I, I had no, I, I said, yeah, I want, to get, I want to get things right with me. Everyone said, Pastor Ray, the assistant pastor? I said, hey, I'm a person like you. I need to get right. What, I don't forget what it was, but I remember that happening. And someone asked me, why'd you do that? I said, because I needed to get right with God. It's not, you know. So I want to close the service by, by giving you an opportunity to step out, not for my sake. It doesn't matter to me, believe me. But God is watching. He's looking for someone to be brave enough to say, you know what? I, I'm a Christian, and I need God's help today. So, Doug, I don't, I don't know if you have a song. I hope you have a song. <laughs> I'm putting him on this. I call Doug Sir Douglas now, by the way, just, just so you know. 
So why don't we just, uh, let's just pray as Doug leads us. If you feel like you want to come, just to say to the Lord, Lord, I'm yours. I belong to you. The altars are open for you to do that. Then we'll close out in prayer in a few minutes. All my life, let's sing it together. Okay.
praise the Lord. Why don't we all gather around the front if we can, just for the closing prayer, just kind of step out of your seat. And let's just gather around here. Praise the Lord. Remember, if anyone needs to get baptized today, meet me here at 3.30. And um, if you raised your hand earlier for salvation, I'd love to meet with you before you go. Thank you, brother and sister Johns, for being with us today. We appreciate you. Oh, we have offering baskets here in the front. Uh, so at the at the amen, if anyone wants to contribute to the Gideons, just put your offering in there. We'll take care of it later. So that's available for you. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Lord, this has been a good day. No wonder why David said, I was glad when they said, let us go to the house of the Lord. Father, we're glad to be in your house. The world is just falling apart all around us. But Lord, in, in, your, in your place where you are, there's life and there's hope and there's security. There's love. Feel that today. Thank you, Lord, for being here with us. Thank you, Lord, for leading us. Father, we do pray for our brother and sister Johns and the, and the Gideon ministry that they represent. Lord, um, use them mightily in these days to put into the hands of people all over the world the word of God that changes lives, changes destinies, changes nations even. Lord, bless the offering that will come in afterwards too. Let it be used to uh, plant good seed in various countries all over the world through the Gideon's ministry. But Lord, for those that responded to the altar today, we pray in agreement, Lord God, Lord, simply, we know we're sinners. We need a Savior. You're the Savior. We receive you. We accept you. We, uh, we're not perfect. We're trying to please you. We need your help. We need your Holy Spirit to guide us and to fill us and to strengthen us through our times of discouragement and disappointment and sickness and problems. We need your help. And, Lord, we could all write a book about those things that we have going wrong in our lives. But Lord, maybe today we could start writing another little chapter in the book about some good things that are going on in our lives. And that is, we know that we know that you love me. We know that we know that you love us. You have a plan for us. We know that there's salvation in your name. And we know that in your house, in the, move, in the movement of God, in the church of God, there's love and there's understanding and there's acceptance. So, Father, we just pray your blessing over everyone that responded to the altar call. Others that are just being kind of kind of challenged a little bit to step in closer to be with you. Lord, we, we give our lives to you. We pray for your perfect will to be done with us. Lord, as we uh, make our way out of here today, let us have a good afternoon. But, Lord, bless our baptism service. Lord, we've, we've had some wonderful baptisms over the years. But, Lord, as children come up and other adults are coming up to get baptized, Lord, this is a glorious moment. Let the church celebrate this occasion that people are literally dying to self and living under Christ through the resurrection power. And, Lord, also bless our prayer meeting tonight at 6, our live stream prayer meeting. So we thank you, Lord, for all these things. Thank you for your faithfulness and your goodness. And may we sense your anointing 
as we leave here and live our lives outside of the church building. We thank you and praise you for it now. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap.